Hi, guys. We're going on a national bikini tour, and we're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. It's Thursday, January 27th, and I'm Chad Perry. And I'm Tim Robertson, and this is the MyMac.com podcast. can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. Dude, I, I think Jim Carrey just called you a loser. Uh, I think he called us both losers. Probably. Well, he said you, though. He didn't say you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, I think, well, yeah, it's probably me. No, I don't know. It was probably me because I was talking last. True. Yeah, anyways. We moved our recording studios this week. We're in uh, sunny Kalamazoo, Michigan with like a foot of snow out there. Yep, in the beautiful home of Tad Sheeler. Tad Sheeler. Hi, Tad. Howdy. Tad's uh, going to be forced to talk. He said before we started recording, oh, I'm not going to say much. I'm not feeling very creative today. But uh, we came over here for a reason, that's to get Tad involved in this. Uh, if not on a weekly basis, then as a, uh, a reoccurring guest star. And once we start doing some video work, we'll, uh, we'll get him definitely involved in the video work. And you are going to see some of Tad's work uh, when we get the, uh, the Mac Mod done and posted. That's right. The Mac when, when's that going to be next uh, decade or anytime soon? <laughs> well, I, I was waiting for the voiceover. Actually, episode one is completely done. Sweet. And uh, Chris is working on, Chris being Chris Bowl of MyMac.com fame, he's working on the last three episodes now. I mean, as far as I know, when I get home tonight, um, I, I could have a whole other one ready to go. But I don't want to post them. I'm going to post them all at the same time. Now, isn't this kind of a relevation of sorts? Because you haven't, this has been a big secret up till now. Well, people really don't know what it's about or anything. It's just kind of, we've been cryptic about it. We've told them it's out there in, in previous podcasts, but uh, no one really knows what the topic is. We've hit it around, but we aren't gonna we aren't gonna blow it open. And I've and I made it clear that it sucks. It's gonna suck, and people are gonna watch it, and I'm gonna get flamed. And dude, you suck, man. You're stupid. You don't even know how to use those tools right, dude. You don't know how to open an iBook. You're you're freaking stupid. But you're already giving too much away. I know. I have. Well, that's okay. I don't I don't really care too much anymore. But anyways, we are over here at, uh, at Tad's house, and uh, I, we heard something pretty cool. Tad was using GarageBand to record his daughter playing the piano for the very first time. She's How long has she been taking piano lessons? Mm, about a month. About a month. Well, that's, that's pretty impressive. If you don't mind, do you mind if we, uh, we share that with the audience? It's, just, it's what, 10 seconds, 20 seconds? <laughs> I don't mind. I don't know how she'll feel about it, but... Uh, well, she doesn't have to know about it. We can play this podcast before we leave for her so she can hear it. What you, my vote is yes. We, we play it for the audience. I, I, I oh, suspect I they're going to be outvoted here. Yeah, so. I think it's All right, go let's, for it. Let, we're going to pause this and bring in the uh, garage band tracks for a second, and then we'll come back to the podcast. This is Sarah Sheeler.
So that's your daughter playing the, she's in the sixth grade. Yeah. And uh, how old is she now? Uh, 11. So she hasn't been playing the piano for very long at all. You went and bought a USB musical keyboard and uh, hooked it up to GarageBand. How much of that did you help her with? As far as the music, nothing. As far as setting it up in GarageBand, I did that part of it and showed her how I was doing it. But she changed all the instruments and everything? or She picked them. I showed her as we went along. I think she could probably do it on her own right now, though. That, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of people and are going to that the music isn't that good. Well, this is somebody who just, I can't do that. I literally could not sit down and play that right now. And here, here's a, a sixth grader kicking my butt musically. In, in Garage Band, you know, I think it's great. I think that's fantastic. I, it just really emphasizes the power that the Macintosh can give a family. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And what we were talking about as you were doing that, what amazes me, the epitome of a Mac is what we just did. Yeah, and let me explain what what I just did is when I stopped this podcast, I literally uh, we record everything in Garage Band. I stopped the podcast. I opened up, went to recent files, and there was her song file. We opened that song file, said send to iTunes. It changed that file into an IFF file, sent it automatically to iTunes. We went to iTunes, grabbed that song, dragged it on the desktop, and then dragged that uh, AIFF file into our GarageBand recording that we're doing right now. And we just can share it with the world that fast. Yep. yep. And, and that little clip of music was recorded in virtually two minutes yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and and you know what's really cool is because that's such a small little piece of music you could really crank that down bitwise in iTunes if you import it as an mp3 and you can literally email that to family members if they're on the computer and if they're not and they have a CD you just burn that to a CD and ship it off to them yeah I mean I think that's just amazing and, and it really does highlight what uh, iTunes and GarageBand can really do. Let's pause this recording for one second here. And we're back. Sorry about that. I had to make an adjustment in uh, GarageBand before we could continue. Anyways, though, I, I think that's a, a great demonstration of what you can do and what a child can do by using uh, relatively cheap software on the Mac. I mean, if, if you have a Mac right now and you don't have iLife, which is where you get GarageBand from, it's going to cost you 79 bucks to buy this program. And you're going to get a lot more programs beside this, but yeah, 79 bucks and, and you can do all that. I think that's amazing. How much did you pay for the keyboard and what is the keyboard? Uh, quite honestly, I don't know the name or the brand. I paid 100 bucks for it. It's a fairly large keyboard. I've actually got a uh, review that I need to do real soon of another musical M keyboard. M-Audio. M-Audio? M Audio Keystation 49E. And it's a hundred bucks. Yep. That's a heck of a deal for a hundred bucks. It it is a little bit larger than I would prefer on my desktop, but I um, think for actual piano playing, though, you need the you, full size you need keyboard. At least that that many keys. I don't know how many this is, and I'm not going to sit here and count. Well, I guess it's 49. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would kind of give it away. A little 49 up there at the top, but. Yeah, it, I, it's just amazing to me what you can now do with a Macintosh. And obviously PC users can do very similar things. Have, get a mini key, to, a MIDI keyboard and all that, but there's no application that comes even close on a PC to give you all the functionality that we just did 
with GarageBand and iTunes. Yeah, I, I get that from my relatives whenever I get together on a family occasion and I say, check out my latest video or pull out the DVD and they all say, well, you know, I did. I can do the same thing on my my Windows machine, but I don't. They, they really don't understand the no. suite. No, how, and how iTunes and and iPhoto and iMovie work together. And really, the programs tend to get out of your way and let you work on a Macintosh, so you yeah. can concentrate on the work, not setting up the drivers and yeah. you know all that other crap. And and honestly, there's very few things that I've ever purchased that's. Mac specific or PC and Mac that I can't plug right into the machine and it just works. And I don't know how many PC users can say that, but I think it's very few. So, and of course we are pro Macintosh because this is the MyMac.com podcast. Speaking of Macs, do you guys see the Mac Mini news? No, I haven't seen it yet. What's up? They dropped the price That's of the right. RAM. Oh, yeah. did they now? Yeah. Uh, Bluetooth and the Airport Extreme wireless option is. For ninety nine bucks now, it was one hundred twenty nine bucks. Mm -hmm. This is all the build to order um, right. options. Maybe they listened to our podcast last. That's week what I was going to say. Maybe they did. <laughs> yeah, because when we added up all this stuff last week, we came to a thousand dollars. Yeah, right? and we were entering IMAC G five territory. At well, that let, point. Let's throw a bone to to one of your uh, uh, sponsors and say that you can get it for one hundred eighty nine bucks. Well, I, I would say that, but none of the sponsors are sponsoring our podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> So if one of the sponsors want to, uh, I don't know, kick a little bit of money this way, um, you know, just just a little bit. We're of not money. just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Oh yeah, we're doing it for a shitload of money. <laughs> you know, if that were the case, we'd had a sponsor before we started this project, but <laughs> yeah, or we'd all be driving new cars. Oh wait a minute, Chad is driving a new car, <laughs> and they aren't sponsoring us either. <laughs> They're not sponsoring us. We need a sponsor. Send us money. <laughs> Anyways, back to the uh, the Mac Mini. Uh, so the the Airport and in, in uh, Bluetooth is down to ninety nine bucks. So that's saving you thirty bucks. Mm -hmm. And the one gigabyte of memory. Remember that was four hundred seventy five bucks, yeah, exactly. which we were all just like, "What? You're out of your mind." That's down to three hundred twenty five now, and and that's a pretty good saving. That's one hundred fifty bucks right there. But it's still almost not quite double. Well, you can get it from a third-party vendor, such as maybe one of our advertisers, but, you know. <clears throat> um, the Super 8 uh, Super Drive now is uh, eight times rather than four times. So you're getting double the, the speed of your Super Drive. And uh, let's see. I think that's about it. But, oh, and, and uh, let's see. And the Ultra 80 gigabyte ATA hard drive upgrade for 50 bucks instead of 80 so you add all those in and you're saving about 200 bucks on the build to order options than you were before and so that's pretty cool and what's really cool is Apple's actually going to go back and honor these prices if you've already purchased a Mac with these options. I was just about to ask that I mean with some of the early postings we'd seen about uh, how the line was running through the uh, Apple stores I was wondering what those people are gonna think with all the price drop. Yeah you know I don't know if you went to the Apple they, store and paid cash for it. Would, do you take your receipt back and they give you cash back? You know, on the Apple store, they're saying they, they will refund your money, the extra money that you spent. But that's online. Is that if it hasn't shipped yet? Or even ones that have already no, shipped? No, they're, they're, they're saying they're doing this retroactively. Wow. So I, I would imagine, you know, if you've got your receipt, and I'm pretty sure you do, if you just spent 
600 bones for a computer, you probably have the receipt oh, yeah, still. Go wonder, back to the Apple store, you're going to get some money back. If you went with some of the, well, you know, here's the thing though. I bet if you went to the Apple store, there is no build to order options. I bet you get the no, bare bone systems. There's not at the Apple, not, well, unless some of the Apple store wants to chide in and uh, send us a little posting. Yeah, I don't think there is. I don't think there is either. The, the Apple stores that I've been to, they did not do any sort of Right, so if you went with a build to order Mac well, I'm sure you could walk in and they take you online and you could order it there, but you may as well do that out of the right. comfort of your own, they'll they'll your own just, living room. Yeah, they'll probably just adjust your credit card and, and get it. But nonetheless, you're going to get money back if you've got those options. And, and I think that's a pretty cool move on Apple's part. Yep. I wonder if that has anything to do with uh, the kind of, while we're talking about the Mac Mini, I noticed today that the Target pulled it off their website. They had it up. Uh, you know what I the think? same prices on Apple stores, but they also had a fifty dollar coupon. Yeah, it was a it was ten percent off a target purchase online. That right. People could go to this other website and get this ten percent coupon, and you can use that to apply it to a Mac Mini and save fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. And I think probably their their margin for profit was low enough where that fifty dollar coupon was probably biting into a little bit of profit. So, yeah, I'm hoping that it was just. Target saying, you know, we don't want this online because we're not making enough money out of it, and not Apple, you know, kind of playing hard ball I, no, with, you know what? with retailers. Because I want to see Apple. I, I agree, but work with retailers do, and get I, it into Best Buy and get it into Target. And I'm 100 with you. Yep. And my bet would be Apple won't say anything to Target because that would only hurt Apple. Who Apple doesn't care if Target's losing money selling the the Mac Mini. I mean, Apple's still making their money, and that's where their bottom line, and that's where their stockholders are worried about. I don't think Apple would give a shit if if Target came out and sold them for 150 bucks. I mean, obviously, cut into their own bottom line, but in the long run, Apple's still yeah, going to make that Target money. As long as Target meets their margins for Apple, whatever they sell it for is Target's business. They Absolutely. Well, if leaders, that's the case, that's though, let's see. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It seems like Target could just put a disclaimer say, you know, this doesn't apply. Oh, and they might do that. They just basically took it off. Yeah, we'll and canceled see. all the pre-orders because I've got a feeling a lot of people are probably pre-ordering it from Target. I mean, if I was going to buy a Mac Mini and I can get it for four ninety nine or four fifty at Target, that's not much of a choice for me. I know where I'm going to go. I'm just, right. An online, but you couldn't do the build the order. No, but Target. you know what? I, I I would almost bet you that most of the people that are buying the Mac Mini isn't going the build to order out. I really wouldn't, and because it's fifty bucks for this uh, doubling your your hard drive from 40 to 80 gigabyte and honestly for that 50 bucks you spend a hundred bucks and you, you can get, get a 250 gig external firewire drive or the extra 50 bucks you could get the faster processor mm -hmm. and go with the 599 yep absolutely so um, you know I, if I was gonna buy a Mac mini and I really I want one but I really don't need one, and I really don't have a use for it. Julie, my wife, could probably use it. I've got probably a monitor somewhere in the basement. Actually, I've got a KVM switch, and she's got the, the Dell machine that she uses most of the time. I could actually put that KVM switch between the Mac Mini and the Dell, and she can use one monitor and mouse and keyboard and just switch between the two machines with that KVM switch. So that would probably actually be a really good... Uh, she she wants the power she wants a power book and and technically when I got here I should explain uh, we're recording all this on on Tad's G4 which has been uh, processor upgraded as well that's a dual processor in your machine though right yep. and uh, when I came over I brought my one I think it's a one gigahertz 
uh, PowerBook G4, 15 inch, and Tad's like, hey, when'd you get a, a PowerBook? Technically, this was Julie's, but I'm doing so much more work in the kitchen now, and not in front of the G5, that it just made more sense for me to use this machine rather than my old G3 PowerBook. So, go ahead and light up a cigarette, Tad. It's your house. It's your house. Speaking of uh, hard drives and upgrading, I don't know, did either one of you guys read uh, Too Many Macs from uh, John Farr on our site? Yeah, refresh my memory. Basically, he's got oh, a yeah, beige yeah. G3 and a blue and white G3. Mm -hmm. And he hadn't got rid of the beige G3 yet because it had some hard drives in it with information on that he just never transferred over to the new machine. And he just didn't get around to it. And he thought, well, what if I ever need that information? I just, I got to keep that machine. Well, a beige G, or a, uh, no, it's a 80, was it 8500 or? 88, was it? I, I don't remember. I, I could look online right now, but I'm too damn lazy. Anyways, he had an old Power Mac, or 8500. 80, 8500? Yep. And uh, so he had this two SCSI drives in there, and it was a Ultra 2 SCSI. And of course, the G3 don't have that card. You can't plug those cards, or those hard drives, into his G3, the blue and white. Mm -hmm. So he took out the Ultra 2 SCSI card from the old G, or the old 8500. No, I think it's 8600. And put that card, didn't do anything else, didn't install drivers, didn't do anything. Plugged it right in, hooked up the two hard drives to it, rebooted his Mac, and those hard drives popped up like they've always been there. Try doing that on a Windows machine. Oh, but but here's the thing, this is a this is a, what, a four-year-old Mac? And the and the other one is like six years old. So he took stuff from a six-year-old Mac and put it in a four-year-old Mac, and it works fine. Running OS ten. Boom, there they are, it's working. I mean, it, to me that's just Another example of how much better we have it in the Mac world than the the PC world. True. True, true. Uh, you remember when I was complaining about the 99 pictures and DVDs? Yeah, that was last week. Was that just last week I was complaining? Yeah, just last week we were talking about the uh, 99 pictures and DVDs. I was reading on Macintosh, actually, the, the 99 picture limit slideshow in iDVD mm -hmm. isn't iDVD's fault. It's actually standard on all DVDs. And no home DVD player can play a slideshow of more than 99. So I guess the only workaround is like Tad was saying here, do it in an, uh, an iMovie. You know, just build your slideshow there and export it over to iDVD. So, and you can play some nice music with it. That's right, and you know, and and I kind of got on Apple about that a little bit. I'm like, why can't I do this? And and I, and I'm still a little bit there. You know, I'm still like, well, that's kind of stupid. Why can't I go more than ninety nine? But it's, it's an industry thing. It's, it's yeah. nothing to do with iDVD. So you know, credit where credit's due. Apple's not doing anything wrong. It's just I want to do more than the industry standard will allow me, which kind of sounds familiar for Tad too. <laughs> We're, Tad's always pushing the boundary on stuff. He so always, does this constitute an apology from you? No. Or? No. No. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's just constituting that I was wrong. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. It doesn't happen often. But, <laughs> um, oh, and I didn't want to, uh, we watched before we started the podcast, the uh, a pretty cool video from Jim Hyde. He's the author of the I Like Book series. And they, they ship with a, uh, a DVD that you can watch as well as read the book. And Peach Pit actually has a really cool uh, 
trailer, more or less. Yeah, well, it's it's it actually teaches us something. It's not it's just true. a commercial for his books, but he talks about in video format, and it's like thirty five megs, I think. Um, I uh, iPhoto 05, and he shows you some of the new features and a little bit more depth than Steve Jobs showed in the keynote. So if you haven't picked up iPhoto yet or iLife 05, you might want to go over to the Peach Pit website and. Uh, Take a look around. It's pretty easy to find the, the video there. It's right there on the main page. Yep. The link to it. And I, I think that's pretty cool. I wish more people would do that. That would be fun. But what I really wanted to talk about today, uh, a lot of news organizations, I don't want to say news organizations, more like columnists for different newspapers, have all been saying in the last week or so that Apple is really missing the boat on music subscription. That Apple's old school charging money for a song is akin to buying a CD. You know, when you buy a CD, you go out and you buy that CD and you own that CD and that's all you have for your money. Mm -hmm. If you go to iTunes and you buy a song for 99 cents, you just have that song. Yeah, but I, that's what I like best about iTunes. I mean, how many times in the past, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of one-hit wonders out there right now, but think about the 80s, how many one-hit wonder bands there were, mm -hmm. where you heard their song and you thought, man, i got to get this album. You go buy the album, you know, yeah. you stick it in there, and the rest of the album totally sucks. And there's only one song you ever wanted on that, off that album, but, you know, you had to buy an entire album to get it. I, what I like about iTunes is that for 99 cents, I can get the one song I like. And, and Tad and I were talking about that that's cool, but we were using the comparison with Dark Side of the Moon where with an album like Dark Side of the Moon and Tommy's The Who, it's a concept album where you don't get the whole oof of the of the music. It's an entity unto itself. The right. CD is... Is the music. Yeah. It's not one song, the next song, the next song, the next song. It's You have to hear it in order. And I still think iTunes is a good deal for that as well because, you know, for... Eleven ninety nine, you can download the whole album as opposed to going to Best Buy or going to any of the other retail stores. You're going to be paying at least thirteen to fourteen ninety nine for it. But let's 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 say that, and I agree with you. And most albums are actually nine ninety nine. But so let's go with nine ninety nine, and okay. you buy two albums a month. That's twenty bucks. Okay. Mm -hmm. On average, how many songs that you you probably purchased? Maybe twenty five, twenty six songs tops. If each album has thirteen songs. Right. So you have. Well, let's just say nice, even number, 25 songs that you purchased for 20 bucks mm -hmm. that you're going to listen to on your iPod, maybe you're going to burn them to CD and listen to your car, whatever. But you have 25 songs. What about a music subscription service that would cost the same thing, 20 bucks, and you could download and listen as many times as you want on your iPod? You could download 10,000 songs, and you'd have 10,000 songs for the same amount of money. Do you think, would you be, if, if iTunes gave you that option, if iTunes said, okay, you know what, for 20 bucks a month, you could download all the songs you want, and you can listen to them on your computer, and you can listen to them on iTunes, but you cannot burn it to a CD, you can only listen to it on iPod and iTunes, and it's 20 bucks. Download anything, go crazy. Would you be interested in something like that? No, me personally, no, because I don't want another monthly bill that's there no matter what. I want to be able to, you know, if I've got a little extra cash and I don't mind buying a, an, an album or a song here and there, that's when I want to buy it. And I want to buy the song I want, not just, I'm not going out looking for volume in music. I'm going out looking for specific music and getting what I want. I, 
I think, you know, time will tell, but the industry so far, not the industry, but the consumer market so mm -hmm. far, is saying they don't want to do it either. Because if you look at Napster, what do they got a $10 a month subscription mm -hmm. fee to do exactly that? Every song you want, is as much as you want, for 10 bucks a month. And they obviously aren't the leader. Right. You know, what, do you, so. what do you think, Chad? Well, to me, it, I, th I think there's almost an obligation that comes with a, a subscription. It's almost like when you join the old record clubs by mail and they sent you all the little catalog Great and you point. had to buy X amount a month and you felt obligated that, oh my gosh, I gotta get five DVDs or I'm not gonna get the great deal, mostly for music that you're probably never gonna listen to again. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my wife did that for a year and she said, I'm never going to do it again. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, from my perspective, I don't buy a, a music to listen to right then necessarily. I'll give you an example. I, I bought when uh, the new Tesla album came out, rather than going to the store and buying the DVD, this is the first Tesla album I ever bought on iTunes. I mean, I just bought, I have all, everything else from Tesla right mm -hmm. up to the point where they broke up and they've been broke up for almost a decade and then they came out and they released this new album which is really good and I bought it on iTunes this time and the first thing I did was burn a CD and I didn't listen to it all the time it's just whenever I feel like listening to it mm -hmm. I pop it in now if, if this was a subscription service and I canceled my subscription I don't have that CD anymore nope. of course with the subscription I couldn't burn a CD to begin with mm -hmm. but you know just even listening to it on my mp3 player once I, I cancel that subscription, heaven forbid I go through some financial difficulties and I can't afford that 20 bucks a month, that music's gone. I don't, I don't have that music anymore. So that's my only problem with really a subscription service. And no matter how big your iPod is, even an 80 gig one, you're going to fill it up eventually. And, at, you know, at that point, why don't you just get, you know, satellite radio? Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, we have a program on the Macintosh, we've got a couple actually. One of them is called Audio Hijinks, which will literally record any sound on your computer in pristine quality. So if Apple did have a service like that, or if there was a music subscription service People on the Macintosh, you could, you could download uh, 100,000 songs and just, you know, using Audio Hijinks, rip all the songs you want, put them right on CD, and then re-import them into iTunes. Obviously, it won't have all the MP3 tag information, but you can add that yourself. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people are really upset about Apple's um, DRM that you can't. Well, you can only burn it so many times to CD, and then you can't anymore. I ran into that, and I, I, I like to make a mix album for Christmas and give it to my family. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like a little ornament on the Christmas presents. You know, mm -hmm. here's your your mix, your Christmas music. But I, I you know, with I, my rule of thumb is I don't want to use actual Christmas music. I pick obscure songs that, if you think of them in a twisted way, have some sort of might be reference. Christmas music, like Mother and Child Reunion. Technically, might, you were breaking the law doing that, though. Oh, I, I, know, I know that, but everybody makes mix albums, you know, you giving make, it to somebody. Give me a cell phone. I'm I didn't make money on it. Yeah. <laughs> but one of them was a song I purchased from the iTunes Music Store, and I could only make seven yep. mix albums. Yeah. I, I wondered, though, can you get around that? Sure. By burning a CD yeah, and re-importing it? Yeah, well, not, not on the same machine, I don't think. Because if you burn a CD on your Mac, and you take it out and you put it right back in, it knows what CD that is, because it created it. Thus, it knows that that is a song that you purchased on iTunes. The machine's smart enough to know that. 
But if even an audio CD and AIF for absolutely format. yep Apple knows that that was a song that you purchased iTunes does but however if you take that off and put it in my machine my Mac doesn't know what songs are on there it's just it's just generic AIF files I can import that re-export it re-export give it back it, to me give it back yeah. to you <laughs> yep. yeah and so yeah that, there's easy ways around it always I mean there's there's I don't ways know around. if I'd call that easy but. <laughs> well, maybe not easy, but it, it's not too difficult. It's and of course, you do need two machines to do it, which is kind of a pain. <coughs> but still, it, it can be done. So yeah, you can get around anybody's DRM if you, you really want to. Technically, you could put a tape recorder in front of a speaker and record it if you had to. Yep. It harkens back to the old days of cassette tapes and recording off the radio. Yeah. Yep. Wow, yep. man, listen, did I record it? <laughs> I got AC/DC on the Kenny Flower Hour. Yeah. Of course, back then. And how many times did you listen to it? Maybe oh. once. Yeah. And, and the other problem back then, though, was the freaking idiot DJs would always talk over the beginning of every song. Oh, I hated that. Hey, this is Chuck Stoner from 107.7. And the music's starting in the backyard. Shut up, Chuck. I just want to hear the music. I'm trying to record this on my little tape deck here. Or oh, my favorite one is when they would leave you hanging. And we've got ACDC coming up in the next half hour. And so you listen to a half hour of music you can't You're sitting there with that finger on the record button. Pause, record, pause, record. Wait, wait to get this song. And it comes on on minute number 29, of course, always. Yeah, the good old days. But, you know, music is fluid nowadays. And, and because music is nothing but files, there's always going to be ways to get around the DRM. So... It would be kind of neat, at least as far as I'm concerned, to have a subscription service because, honestly, I'd steal a bunch of music. There's, be, I, I'd pay for the subscription service, and I would get every song I wanted, and then I'd cancel it. You know, I got all my songs. Heck with it. E even if I got 50 songs, I just save money over 99 cents a song. You know, but that's just me. That's okay. The dog can speak. <laughs> Like like uh, Chance House last week, we have another canine friend with us. Yep. That's a pretty dog. I think so. One of the smartest dogs I've ever seen. Very intelligent and very lovable. Mm -hmm. So that's all the stuff that I had Mac-related, unless you guys could think of something else. No? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's end this podcast. I'm uh, Tim Robertson. Give me an email at tim at mymac.com. And I'm Chad Perry. You can reach me at chadperry at mymac.com. We'll be back with you in one week or so. And uh, thanks for having us over, Tad. Appreciate it. And thanks for being on the show, Tad. Thank you. If you want to email Tad, it's uh, uh, sextoy at... Oh, that's your private one. I don't, I don't want to use that one. No, we don't want that no. one. No. Do you want to give your email address? Uh... No? No. No. Okay. Sextoy at yahoo.boytoy.com. That's that's Chad. Or uh, Tad, I'm sorry. Oh, I almost gave your secret away there, didn't I, Chad? Yeah, thanks for nothing. Uh, again, Tim at mymac.com or Chad Perry at mymac.com. See ya! See ya! I've been chosen. Farewell, my friends. I go on to a better place. If you are hearing my voice, then you have just witnessed the super-duper amazing, never-before-seen-by-human-eyes heat-to-sound assimilator machine.